Hello, I am Takia Evans, your host, and welcome back. Or if it's your first time, welcome to Out of the Box Sunday School. And as always, thanks for taking the time to listen in today. And our lesson is entitled Babylonian Captivity Ends. The Bible background is coming from Israel chapter 1, through chapter 2, verses 64 through 67. And then our printed text, we will be looking at a few scriptures here. Uh, Israel chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. We'll look at chapter, uh, verse 11. And then we'll look at chapter 2, verses 64 through 70. Tornadoes ripping through rural Oklahoma communities, fires engulfing whole buildings, and homes in the California area are burning. Storm surges flooding homes in the Gulf Coast of Louisiana. So behind these tragic events are the stories of whole communities that have lost everything. So when losing things and including family, they, can, they may include family photos, treasured heirlooms, or even favorite toys. These disasters can hurt deeply and such losses may be irreplaceable. However, out of ruins, memories remain and can provide foundation for building or for the beginning of the rebuilding. The first few chapters of Israel tell the story of a grand reconstruction project for Israel. Older Israelites had vivid memories of their pre-exile lives. However, memories along, alone would not complete the reconstruction project. Israel needed help from an unlikely source. Their memories combined with unlikely assistance set Israel on the path of following God's requirement as they resettled their homeland. Israel was a captive during the Babylonian captivity. He was also a scribe and a priest. And as a scribe, his duty was to copy, interpret, and transmit the books of the law. The Jews were taken captive by the Babylonians with a series of deportations to Babylon beginning in 605 BC. The captivity would last for 70 years from 586 uh, BC when the temple was destroyed to about 516 BC when the returning exiles would rebuild it. It is believed that Cyrus may have been shown the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 42 verses 28 all the way through chapter 45 through verse 6 written over nearly a century earlier from when this time happened. So the time for God's people to return home had arrived, just as Isaiah had prophesied. This is where we begin our lesson with the first group of returning Jews. And I'll start with Israel chapter 1, verse 1. Years ago, the Lord sent Jeremiah with a message about a promise for the people of Israel. Then in the first year that Cyrus was king of Persia, the Lord kept his promise of telling Cyrus to send this official message to all parts of his kingdom. So the first year of King Cyrus or Cyrus king of Persia refers to the first year that Cyrus ruled over Babylon, which would have been around 538 BC. Jeremiah had prophesied 70 years of captivity in Babylon, even before Cyrus was born. 
So King Cyrus issued this verbal proclamation by sending a voice throughout his entire kingdom. He put it out, he put it also in writing so that it would be sent to those distant provinces where the 10 scribes were, were scattered in Assyria and Medes. So now I'll read verses two, three, and four. I am King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord God of heaven, who is also the God of Israel has made me the ruler of all nations on earth. And he has chosen me to build a temple for him in Jerusalem, which is in Judea. The Lord God will watch over and encourage any of his people who want to go back to Jerusalem and help build the temple. Everyone else must provide what is needed. They must give money, supplies, and animals, as well as gifts for rebuilding God's temple. So, while Cyrus recognized the role of the Lord in ordaining this leadership, Cyrus' decree was also politically motivated. He wanted to honor that the many gods, and I'm talking about the little G's, the little gods of the people of his empire. One good thing to remember is that the exile's good fortune did not come from a human ruler, but from the precious God, the capital G, who watched over the political movements of all the kingdoms of the earth. And if you notice in verse two, Cyrus says that God gave him all the kingdoms of the earth, which is kind of a kind of an overstatement. So one fact is that the Persian empire was the greatest ruling power in the Eastern world at that time. Cyrus does make certain to specify which God he is referring to. He says, this God in heaven, and wants, a, and wants a house in Jerusalem in Judea. Cyrus proclaiming new building plans and to help the exiles build God's house and that the temple would be rebuilt in Jerusalem. So ancient Israel was illegitimately worshiping in other locations. However, because of God's declaration and King David's leadership, Jerusalem became the political and religious center for Israel. The question that is in verse three is not about identity. This question is meant to draw out those willing to help. Who is he among you who is willing? Now, this is really a valid question to ask. Just because people are, um, just because people are God's people doesn't always mean that they will go when God calls them. So the purpose of Cyrus's proclamation was to grant full permission to Jewish exiles to return to their own country if they choose to. So they had a choice here. So no prominent person and certainly no large group under a monarch was allowed to pick up and take, pick up their things and go wherever they want to go whenever they wish. So this is why Cyrus needed to grant them permission to move to another part of his territory. So in this charge, those who choose to remain is uh, Cyrus recommended that they help the returnees on their way by contributing liberally toward the rebuilding of the temple. So whatever they are able to give, whether it's money, goods, livestock, any gift was acceptable. So even today, we ought to realize large building projects require big, big budgets. And it is difficult for many to afford these types of projects. This is especially true of people who have experienced times when they do not know how to pay bills. 
they don't know where their next check is coming from. And you got a large project and you got a large rebuild. Say if you lost your home in a flood and you're already struggling to make ends meet, what do you do? But God, but God knows how to work a miracle and certainly can make a way. Just as today's projects are completed with public funds, private funds, or even a combination of the two, so this Temple of Jerusalem project was to be funded by Cyrus's public contributions and the private contributions of those who were willing or even unwilling to make the trek themselves. Verses five through eight, and then I'll read 11 after that. Many people felt that the Lord God wanted them to help rebuild his temple, and they made plans to go to Jerusalem. Among them were priests, Levites, and leaders of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. The others helped by giving silver articles, gold, personal possessions, cattle, and other valuable gifts, as well as an offering for the temple. King Cyrus gave back the things that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the Lord's temple in Jerusalem and had put them in the temple of his own gods. Cyrus placed Methodat, his chief treasurer, in charge of these things. Methodat counted them and gave a list to she Shezbazar, the governor of Judah. Although there were 5,400 gold and silver dishes, bowls, and other articles, Shezbazar took them with him when he and the others returned to Jerusalem from Babylonia. In this um, patriarchal culture, the heads of the tribes consisted of the fathers of the family. The tribes of Judah and Benjamin are mentioned here because they were the most numerous of those that went into Babylonian exile. And also returning with those that that group of people were the priests and the Levites. They are there for a purpose. Their service would be required once the temple was restored upon their return. You had others that were traveling to Jerusalem um, there to help rebuild. They were encouraged by God to help rebuild. And in this situation, Cyrus issued the decree to rebuild the temple. It was ultimately God's plan that those whose who spirit um, were pricked by God and who would raise and return, rise and return to build the house of the Lord. So just as Cyrus had commanded everyone who was a, around the Jews, encouraged them by supplying articles of gold, whether it was silver, some goods, even a cow, piece of cattle, uh, or other valuable things that they had and they wanted to give, in addition to their free will offering. God can wherever he pleases, incline the hearts of strangers to be kind to his people and make those to strengthen their hands that have weakened them. So let's not underestimate the power of God in any situation. And after Cyrus conquered Babylon, remember he took control of the royal treasurer. So this treasury contained vessels of the Lord from the campaign of Nebuchadnezzar against uh, uh, Jerusalem. And so apparently here in this situation, Cyrus, he had not melted down the vessels into some valuable bullion. Instead, the vessels, the vessels were kept and placed in the temple of his gods and maybe perhaps one of the temples that he had. Although these vessels had been put into an idol's temple and 
you know, hey, probably used in the service of idols. They were given back to be used for God. So these vessels that the king had removed from the treasury were entrusted to the treasurer who brought them out and numbered numbered them, counted them out. And Shezabar, the king, the prince of Judah, they all sat there and gave everything back. The exiles returned to Jerusalem with those articles, with those vessels, with, the, with their offerings from the other people for the temple, according to the decree of Cyrus. The vessels were brought back to Jerusalem. They were itemized. We didn't read verses 9 or 10, which are part of, which are not part of our printed text. They kind of list out all those things that were brought back. But here are the articles of good, of gold and of silver that Shezabars, the, the governor, brought with the exiles who went from Babylon to Jerusalem, totaled 5,400 items. So the Lord kept his promise after chastising his people for breaking the covenant. He would bring them back to the promised land. After a 2019 fire destroyed parts of the Cathedral of Notre Dame, an international competition designed the building's destroyed rooftop and spiral. Architects had to keep in mind a variety of concerns, rebuilding costs, the cathedral's history, and the relationship between the cathedral and the city. Similar concerns are present in the narrative surrounding the return of Jewish exiles to their homeland. This lesson speaks of the exile's history, their promised return, their relationships, and even their economic needs. While their return could have been disastrous, God provided direction through a decree of Persia's King Cyrus. There are people in our society who face major rebuilding efforts. These may be physical buildings like a house, building, or even a church. However, the rebuilding effort may be less tangible like relationships. These rebuilding projects invite the participants to envision a new reality, something wholly different from what was before. We have to see how God uses Cyrus, the king of Persia, to fulfill a decades-old prophecy. Isaiah had prophesied that Cyrus, under God's direction, would allow the Jewish people to return to their own land and worship God as they should and where they should be. Because he is sovereign, God can use anyone he wants to accomplish his will. And he normally does. This is Takiya Evans. Be blessed. Take care of one another. And thanks for tuning in to Out of the Box Sunday School. And I'll talk to you next week.